Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Excuse me, is that your nose or did a bus park on your face? I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too. Pompous. Duck up. Snot nose. Houston, we have a problem. Good evening, Miss Todd. How are you? Good evening, sir. I am well. We weathered the storm, literally. We did. That's why we haven't been with you for a while. It's been a little hectic here in New York with a giant hurricane, followed by a nor'easter. Hurricane Penny. <laughs> hurricane Shirley. Oh, Sandy. S- some other sweet name. <laughs> yeah. It's just... So misleading. It is very misleading. She, you know, give her a name, makes it sound like she's sweet. She's going to take you out for a nice, quiet evening. Quite yeah. sexist that storms are fe- feminine, right? That's not true. They alternate them, male, female. So that's, it'll be like Hurricane Bill. That's exactly right. But you'll notice that Bill will not do any destruction whatsoever. <laughs> it's always the girl ones. Bill will cool out on the islands for a while, drink some Corona. <laughs> and then decide the whole thing is just too much effort yeah. and blow out. <laughs> Whereas Sandy will tear her way across <laughs> the... So yeah, I survived it. My my newish job, disaster recovery, was part of it. So I got about three hours of sleep a night, or three hours of sleep in sections for nights and nights and nights. We had, um, out of like 85 people in our office, just to give people the kind of understanding of the the breadth of this, uh, 27 were without power. Right. Uh, and this was like 10 days ago, right? One yep. still is without. One got their power back today. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Courtesy of the Canadians or no? Uh, on Long Island, I believe. Oh, the, the Canadians yeah. have been providing power. Have they? I believe so. And they're shipping it down in waffles. <laughs> <laughs> they're tapping trees for maple, maple power. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but, uh, but as I understand it, the Canadians are providing power. Really? To Long Island. Right. Maybe it we'll was... revisit that topic when we talk about Argo. The Canadians took all the credit for the rescue back then. It's probably, if you think about it, it's probably simpler to run a long cable down from Canada than <laughs> it is to try and go through all the paperwork to get one shipped out from it's New true. York. Where do you plug it in? Yeah. Where's the pointy Toronto. bit go? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Just it's string giant. it across the Niagara Falls. You get the other end. Don't let me fall. I'm picturing Mounties involved in this. It's exciting. Mounties are involved in everything. Imagine. See, I never saw Mounties when I was there. I am going to Montreal for Thanksgiving, so. Really? Yeah, it scuppered my plan to watch The Wire for four days straight. Yeah, I thought you were mainlining TV. What People happened? kept trying to make me be sociable, and I felt like I couldn't stay in the city, and I should have just, I should have never outed myself here in my plan. I should have just been like, yeah, I'm going to see my family, or I'm, I don't know. Yes. It see, was... the world is too accountable now. I can't just slide under the radar. It was not a plan so cunning that it could have been invented by Professor Cunning from Cunning University. I don't think so. See, you're a breeder, so you can't really get away from people on holidays generally, right? That's true. Unless oh, you're like, I'm on location. I can. It's extra awkward, though, if I do. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Yeah. The, um, so, yeah, we had a storm. We're all safe, thankfully, we, but we, many people Yeah, that's true. Uh, we survived. We uh, moved house during the hurricane, which was uh, not, not the most sensible idea we ever had. It was just one of those things where we like, got Why the, can't I get a moving van? Why can't I get a car? Why can't I get gas? Why can't I find any cheap labor outside U-Haul? Why uh, won't the cable company pick up the phone? The, well, yes, I'm still trying to ring uh, Con Edison to uh, get my... And they just keep on hanging up. <laughs> you get... <laughs> to what? <laughs> you, you get about, you know, four beeps through. You know, press one, press three, press four, beep. That's it. Thanks. Um, so... 
But it was one of those things where we had the opportunity to move apartment into a superior apartment in the same apartment building that we're in right now. And we had to do it within five days. And so we said yes. And then Hurricane Sandy hit. Why five days? Was it going to uh, because disappear? The, no, the people who were moving out downstairs were going to be moved out in three days. And in order to have our lease start over at the beginning of the month and make sure that our current apartment then was available for leasing from the beginning of the month not that it turned out to matter because of course nobody was going to see anything at that stage um with with no trains and cars um so it was just one of those things that we sort of had to do and with nobody else there to help us we moved ourselves and uh does that violate some child labor laws Violate such a strong word. <laughs> and I'm not sure really what the what the rules are there. Chris worked across most of the hurricane because her uh, company, for some strange reason, thought that it was uh, going to do big business in selling travel uh, during the hurricane. Well, so, do they service their clients who are stuck somewhere? Yes, they tell them that, that they are unable to book them on any other flights <laughs> because there aren't any. Because there are not any, yeah. uh, and you get the occasional rocket scientist who, three days after the hurricane, when flying are uh, still aren't flying, calls up and says. Oh, well, my flight's been cancelled. Mystery of mysteries. Can you just rebook it for tomorrow? Uh, no. But my flight's been cancelled. Why can't you just book yeah. it for tomorrow? Because the ones that were cancelled three days ago still haven't flown out. You, know, you were at the back of the queue. To which you respond, I'm sorry, so you've been deemed too stupid to fly. <laughs> um, no flyless. <laughs> so, the, yeah. so we're back. We from, are. Although I, I did discover the moving technique, uh, you know, particularly if you have uh, children who are able to help only to a certain degree. Uh, they were incredibly helpful, don't get me wrong, but when you're lugging entire furniture sets down three flights of stairs, it is a little bit of a challenge. But I discovered that if I have my eldest daughter push it from the top of the stairs and I just use my body as a buffer at the <laughs> bottom of the stairs to break the fall, uh, it all seemed to go swimmingly. My mother and I did something like that, similar with a couch, but I was on the bottom side of it. So I'm going to push the couch at you. You catch it and swing back. Sw- It'll just bounce back. It'll be totally fine. It's like one of those cartoons where a person gets hammered into the ground. <laughs> Turned into an accordion. <laughs> yeah, like it bounces and just nails them, actually. Yeah. So it was a fascinating time. We managed to maintain power throughout. Uh, uh, did we? Which was fantastic. My DVR, like nothing. I can't get things to tape on a normal Thursday. Meanwhile, my DVR was flawless last week. <laughs> it's like the only thing Time Warner's maybe ever gotten right here at That's all. because nobody else was recording anything. There was no multitasking was required. Yeah. Uh, so my brother's house got flooded, which is exciting. So uh, it was, you know, in the cut and thrust of it all. So his entire downstairs got flooded, and uh, with a mixture, a fantastic mixture of Hudson River water and a backed-up uh, sewage. Um, Relatively similar at the best of times, probably. Exactly right. So but they, but they continued on. Not apartment friendly, though. Undeterred. <laughs> uh, sorry, I couldn't resist. Oh, too soon. <laughs> It's too soon. <laughs> it's too soon. Uh, where did I see the other day? Somebody was posting. I can't remember where it first surfaced. Somebody who went to a bar and ordered a sandy. And what was that? A watered down Manhattan. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was funny. Soon. Too soon, probably. Too soon. But still funny nonetheless. Yeah. Anyway. We had an election. We, we did have an election. Happened. It really doesn't register for you because you can't participate. Oh, look, I'm very interested You're in politics and I like to watch these things, but it is very much a spectator sport and I'm not allowed to be a participant. Uh, not that here in New York it would probably matter either way which way I voted because right. it sort of seemed to be fairly set in their uh, voting patterns. Um, but I do find that I'm, I'm, as I think I said on my Facebook, I am... New York uh, went all Roseanne Barr, right? All Roseanne Barr, <laughs> exactly. The uh, I, I'm incredibly the excited president. for... 
the uh, experience that is the this uh, democratic experience and people having the chance to determine their own fate, yeah. I'm even more excited that it only happens every one, once every four years. Yeah, but the run-up starts in, what, like three months now? We'll start talking about candidates again. It's It's become like the 24-hour news cycle. It's like the... You know, the 365-day election cycle all over again. Uh, hence the reason. Most expensive election campaign ever. Each of the main parties spent a billion dollars each. A total of $6 billion in total for the whole shebang. It does seem... Uh, is there not a better way? I, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm no rocket surgeon. But, the, uh, but at the same time, there has to be a better way, you know, to run... the popularity contest could they not just do a miss america would you like a survivor type thing maybe i was thinking mitten obama in a swimsuit competition but jelly wrestling <laughs> uh, i am excited about the cessation of hearing uh, posts about this on facebook and twitter i cannot begin to tell you how excited i am about that I can't even handle it. I was at the point where I was going to unfriend everybody and make all new <laughs> friends who didn't talk about politics. With no political aspirations whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I just was done with it. I mean, I didn't care what side anybody was on. I just didn't want to hear their opinion anymore. I just don't feel like Facebook is the place for it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy to see <laughs> I saw one of these posts the other day, and I can't remember specifically what the issue was, but they had a rant on an issue and took a very strong opinion on it one way or the other. As I say, I can't remember what it was. And then at the bottom of their post, please don't post uh, rants either way on this particular uh, post. <laughs> Like, What's good for the goose is not good. Not for the good for the gander. It was uh, it was a very strange little uh, posting. We were just speaking before the show about uh, for those of you who saw the end uh, the end clip at the Avengers that I saw on Twitter, and I, I don't know who did it, yet, so I can't I, I can't kind of um, properly give them their credit. But it said cut to o, um, o Biden and o, um, Biden and Obama uh, quietly eating shawarma, <laughs> which I thought was my favorite political tweet of the night. Very nice. Yes. So, so in amidst all of this uh, let's turmoil... Let's forget all this world, no- world news. Yeah. Uh, have you managed to actually catch up with any viewing or have you been busy plunging toilets or siphoning water from orifices? <laughs> That's just my recreation. <laughs> oh, sorry. What are you doing in your spare time? None of my business, <laughs> Siphoning water. Uh, yeah, so I did catch a little bit. I'm not... Um, I, I did camp to a hotel to be near my office. And, uh, yeah, that was the reason. <laughs> Look, the Waldorf is not as nice as people say. <laughs> I felt very let the me cake. I'm like, no, the Waldorf really, it's, it's dreadful. <laughs> yes, I was the Waldorf Astoria for most of the hurricane. Sacrifice, sacrifice, I, sacrifice. I give and I give and I give. So um, I, one night when... <laughs> um, sorry, I'm poisoning Tim here at home. Mmm, <laughs> tea leaves. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, we're drinking scotch, I forgot. <laughs> Scotch, scotch, scotch. The Anchorman. <laughs> anyway, um, Waldorf. <laughs> well, so I was at the Waldorf, and um, ugh, the TV was dreadful. Oh. It was so blurry, so I was watching HBO go on my laptop. So I caught up with the most, uh, like the, the first five or six episodes of Girls. Yes. And if you watch Girls, or if your girls watch Girls, no, they neither. probably should not be permitted to do neither so. Neither column A or column yeah. B. So me. this is Lena Dunham. Um, she is a sort of Manhattan child of privilege who did a movie that got a lot of press a few years ago called Tiny Furniture. Um, she was actually 
quite famously recently featured in the Emmys. She's this. It, they did a little clip of her naked sitting. Yep. Did you see her about this mm-hmm. naked sitting in a bathroom? Because she is famous for not being scared to show her body, which is not particularly astounding. Yeah, but right. she's sort of become a role model for women. Right. And the idea is that this is um, it's set in Brooklyn, not Manhattan, but it's sort of like sex. You know, if Sex in the City were with younger girls set now, this is what they would be like. So they're struggling okay. artists. Um, you know, one woman works at a gallery, one is trying to be a writer, uh, and the men in their life and their friends and what those relationships look like. And it's got a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, I, Lena Dunham's breakout role was, uh, the movie Tiny Furniture and I did not like it. I found her affect so flat. I just didn't, it wasn't to me naturalistic acting. It was just not Yep. Doing it, it just was ultimately like if I filmed us and just threw it out there, that's what it felt to me. I wasn't as impressed by it. I think I'm as impressed by it. There were moments I thought that were good and kind of true. And, I, you know, you could see some sort of talent. But I feel like um, she partnered with uh, Judd Apatow. He's a producer yep. of Girls. And I think he helped mature this a little bit. I would think that he was probably more actively involved. So it's a more uh, ripe product yep. to watch um, and I, I actually am enjoying it I wouldn't recommend it to young people because I think it's um, it's an HBO show so it's pretty full lots on, right? of TNA yep. yeah and lots of very graphic very awkward sex which I, I grant you is probably more like what it's really like than what it is shown on television yeah but nobody wants to see that nobody wants to see that no we'd rather see soapy sex than awkward real. reminders of your own sex yeah so so anyway, Not I the watched that. Not ever been awkward, I, have, <laughs> I, just, I hasten to add. Well, and you know, the, the concept of sex in the city as the, the way life is for young women in New York is in radical contrast to my life. <laughs> so. <coughs> Says the girl who just stayed at a Waldorf story <coughs> yeah. for a week. Anyway. Yeah, so anyway, the Waldorf. So I did watch Girls, and yep. I'll keep watching that and keep an eye out for it. it. It got so much press, love and hate. It got some Emmy nominations. I think she's worth watching, and I think... Uh, you know, she's definitely an interesting personality in that you just don't see a lot of people like her. She's bright. She has something to say about people. I don't necessarily agree with her worldview, but I'm interested in how she's saying it. Okay. So, yeah, worth watching. But well, when your girls are older, maybe. Uh, I've been not. watching a little bit, or never. Or never. Or never. Uh, Chicago Fire. Yes. So, have you caught any of this? Oh, I've seen the a little Wolf. bit of it. Yeah. My, it's, um... Pretty people saving people. Yeah, so. I guess. There's not a great deal of appeal. No, they me. should do some of the jogging. Like, like in, um... Baywatch? If yep. they did some slow-mo running Well, they had some slow-mo running in, in, in the trailer. Well, they really missed an opportunity not carrying that through every episode. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. And maybe like a few Hasselhoff cameos. Interesting we should really get Dick a meeting. Wolf out of New York in, in, into Chicago. Yeah, but it could be anywhere. Yeah. It, it, what it features to me is that Jesse Spencer was on House. He is Australian? I believe so. He, in that show, does the most shocking Chicago accent I've ever heard, and to the point where I can almost not watch the show anymore. Like when he speaks, it, make, it sort of tweaks that nerve that brings physical pain to me. It is, it's not just a little bit bad. If, if people watched the Chicago Code and gave Jennifer Beals a hard time for her Chicago accent, it, she's so method. She's like Daniel Day-Lewis to Chicago accents compared to this kid. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Which is a shame. I've always liked him, and it, it's it's causing me to not enjoy him in general, in the world. <laughs> yeah. So sad. The other one is pretty. Taylor, whatever his name is, Taylor Kinney, also known as boyfriend, I believe, of in, Lady Gaga. In fairness, though, we're still not entirely certain whether or not this uh, anal retentiveness around the accent is just you or not. We've done a bit of an extensive search across the internet, and we're not getting any love for your hatred right now. I'm just not googling it right. I have to be. <laughs> I, I, 
It's a very poor choice of phrases. Um, <laughs> Other people are hating this too. It's not just me. It can't be. She doesn't know that to be true. She just hopes that's true. Yeah, this is not intended to be a factual statement. <laughs> So it's terrible. Let us know what you think if you and you should watch this and report All right, back. I will report back. It, it will bring you pain, but you know it's like me watching Honey Boo Boo. Uh, I also watched <laughs> Little Nashville, which you spoke about in the previous yes. episode. How, yep. What did you think? I think there's one too many storylines. Okay, think it's doing too much. Yeah. So I, I like the the young. Which is not often the said about a uh, network show, of course. No. I am thank God for the triumphant return to the screen of Powers Booth. Powers Booth. Love him. I've loved his work for many, many, low many of these many years. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Connie Britton fan. Coach Taylor's wife. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm Texas forever. Yeah. I'm still, uh, yeah. I'm all Friday Night Lights all the time. Oh my gosh. So I was very excited about that. It is a good show. It's not bad. And it's got some, I think it's got a room to grow, but they've got a, a center. So they've got, you know, you've got the Bratz doll, Hayden Panettiere, who's not terrible. Given that you blank out every time she's on screen, I wouldn't have thought there were too many storylines there. It's just, uh, she and that man, it, it's not right. It's like white noise. Oh, really? Don't you think? It's a little pedophilic. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's definitely young for... Yeah. Yes. I, I do. I feel like it's like I see him in bed with a Bratz doll. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. It's like with those guys on suits. I go face blind when I see her and I just see the Bratz doll. But uh, I love, yeah, I love Connie Britton. I like Eric Close, who plays her husband, mm-hmm. although they're not giving him much to do except sort of stare off moodily yeah. and be kind of um, ethically compromised mm. and end up in Power Bo- Powers Booth's pocket. Oh, but Powers Booth, did you see The Crow? Yes. Yeah. I loved his work in that. <laughs> A little shout out to my friend Jenny Long from high school. We watched that movie and Speed about 75 times a piece. Um, and we, we loved us some Brandon Lee. Those are some interesting counterpoints. Speed. Speed and the crow. <laughs> Eddie Izzard had a joke about it. The French name being Speed. <laughs> <laughs> also in France called Speed. One of Jen de Bont's two good movies. What was the other one? Twister. Oh, Twister. I was just talking about Twister because now that I'm a storm chaser for It's a work, Twister. It's a Twister. Yeah. And that had Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. Yes. And Helen Hunt is triumphantly returning to the, st- the screen right now with The Sessions. Have you heard about that film? I've heard about it. I, yeah. I don't know much about it. I've just heard that it's... Where William she H. Macy. What's she been doing? I think just being a human in the world. Oh, right. I've heard about right. that. So Nashville, people so Nashville. were tuning into... Yeah, so the center story around the... Um, uh, so you've got Connie Britton, her um, band partner and former lover... Yes, uh, his niece is a, a budding uh, songwriter singer. She's wonderful. She's got the best voice in the show. Yeah. But that that feels forced in there, right? To have another reflection of what working too hard. Yeah, it's, I think it's just a little too many storylines to introduce at once. But I think they can. It, it's good to be, as you say, over ambitious, and maybe they can make it all work. Yep. But I feel like it's just too many people. It is like a, you know, like a, like a real soap, like a daytime soap, where yeah, there's like right. 400 characters and they cut back to them, you know, having the same conversation three weeks later. So it feels <laughs> a little bit later. like that. <laughs> Brick, that child is Kane's, not yours. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's I watched that. I watched Chicago Fire Girls. Uh, anything else? What are you in your watching? Are you I have catching? seen almost nothing. The moving thing really gets in the way of that. Between the moving and the storm. And you've been to hard labor at your oh, brother's I, house? Exactly right. I've been pulling down walls and, you know. I would love to do some demo. I think that's a good stress reliever, right? Yeah, I think it thoroughly reminded me why it is that I have continued to trade on my looks. <laughs> it's, really, it's really manual labor. Please. Uh, just, yeah. 
that's why I became a creative. It's just too much hard work. Right. I mean, it's fun for a day or two yeah. or seven. The novelty of it. Yeah. It's, but, it's, yeah, it's fun to live that. in your house in ruins, I'm sure. Yeah, but every day, I don't think so. No, not for you. Well, I always, I always worry when things go down in New York because you really feel like this place could go kind of all Lord of the Flies in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I really don't have a lot of survival skills. That's true. You'd be one of the first to go, I'd reckon. I could live by my wits. Really? Yeah. You know that being sassy is not a wit, right? <laughs> but I I do the kind of nice thing, and then I'd kill you. Uh, then I'd shank you. you kill people in sleep. I think I might. I mean, if it was them or me, I don't know. Speaking of Lord of the Flies, the lines for gas stations right now are crazy. They're crazy long. Oh, right. You have a car. I forget. And the people... I have not even attempted to take my car anywhere near... If at some point in time it runs out of gas, I'm just going to leave it wherever it stops rather than have to face the gas lines right now because they run for blocks and blocks and blocks. And I passed one of them the other day. I was actually walking past and somebody had pulled in mid-line without going to the end of the line and there was almost like murder. Like the walking dead, like zombies. <laughs> there are people literally getting out of their cars, coming in, yelling oh, yeah. and shouting. There are police... At most of the gas stations, administrate you know, and national guard and some of them, and it's it's, it's kind of scary. It's just crazy town. Yeah, you know I mean, and half it's time for Bloomberg to enact martial law. Half of these people don't even need gas right now; they're just panic buying. It's like, well, what if I need it? Well, and then the, the jerks that uh, were hoarding it and trying to sell it at twenty five dollars a gallon on Craigslist, who they're now trying to find and prosecute. Really? That's yes, fantastic. we can find you on the internet. Twenty five dollars. Yeah. So that's what, like well New York spent. is back to New York. Like, you know, people are like, yeah, crisis mices. I got gas. How much is it worth to you? It's like the day I walked in, into my brother's house. We live in Brooklyn. I walked in because uh, there was no no way to get there apart from feet traffic. And uh, so I walked in across the Manhattan Bridge and down Canal Street. Oh, I hate walking across that bridge. And uh, it's my first time. So, don't you feel like uh, this is where I die? Walk- like halfway across the bridge, you turn around and see no one's behind. I, that happened to me. No one was behind me. I was walking to your house. And yep. I was like... Then that was the last time they ever saw her. <laughs> well, it was a little more populated the day yeah. I went, but I must admit, having walked across Manhattan Bridge uh, in the wake of a hurricane at least gave me one thing to strike off my bucket list, so that was good. <laughs> uh, but as I'm walking along Canal Street, there's no food, no water, no power, virtually no people. It's like a ghost town. But what you can manage to pick up is a very sensibly priced Gucci knockoff, <laughs> still, which is yeah. fantastic. Some small. Well, many uh, people's handbags Asian, were destroyed in the storm. And it's Asian gentleman asking me to come to the back of his store to see the special. <laughs> Special, special handbags that they've got out the back. Ah, American Enterprise, I thought to myself, it's alive and well. Nothing can stop it. God bless America. God bless America. That was one of the things, too, that came up with... Um, so we... I'm just It's making me look bad. We couldn't get our driver to take us home one night. <laughs> <laughs> Saul. We were, the guy in the back was like, better call Saul. And I started falling out. No one else want, clearly watches Breaking Bad. But, um, so... Uh, after I left the Waldorf, someone at work arranged for me to have me and three other of my colleagues who live near one another because there were no, so there were no trains and there were no subways and there were no, um, this was, the bridge bus was up, but people were taking three hours to get in. Yeah. Uh, so there was, to replace the, uh, the tunnels where the trains couldn't go through, people, the, the Metropolitan Transit Authority were running buses yeah. into Manhattan that were going local, but they were taking, like, you wait in line for an hour and a half and you would then be on the bus for an hour and a half to get yep. to Midtown. So we got a driver, Saul, and then by Friday night, Saul said he couldn't get any more gas to take us. Okay. And I was like, you get me below Lower Manhattan, I will siphon some off of a parked car for you. We are not going to have a problem. (laughs) 
See, that's a survival skill. I that is a survival skill. I think I could, I've seen people siphon gas on TV, so I felt like I could do it. I can honestly say that I have never heard the, uh, the skill of being able to suck a tennis ball through a hose <laughs> uh, as a, uh, a survival skill, but you just never can tell. Well, don't knock people's hobbies. <laughs> All right, so that's TV. Uh, we want to let you know about a new show that we sincerely hope none of you will watch. Yes. Uh, so along with uh, a lovely pairing with uh, Tim Allen's Last Man Standing as they are bringing in <gasps> Malibu, Malibu Country. Country. It is a thing that is happening on the TV. Yes. I think it is happening maybe on a Friday. It's on a Friday night. It is tu- teamed up with uh, the Tim Allen Last show. Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. It is. So that is, you know, man with in a household of women like you. So yes. do you feel a kinship to Tim Allen in that show? Are you watching that? Oh, we actually quite enjoy the Tim Allen show, I must admit. Really? Did you watch Home Improvement as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a long time ago, but yeah, I guess so. But uh, there's, a <laughs> there's a fantastic song on Last Man Standing from the last season where the girls, as an act of revenge, create a song. They work at a, uh, like a bistro sort of thing. Yeah, they, they record a song called My Pyrac, which at one point in time was, <laughs> was, was my daughter's ringtone. <laughs> but uh, I suggest you look it up. It's very funny. It's not obscene or anything, okay. but it just, uh, it it's, like it's, it's all it. innuendo. Um, that's actually the thing I like about Last Man Standing is it is more, they're allowed to be at least a little bit more naughty than they ever would have done on, um, uh, is, you know, like Tim the Tall Man. Yeah. You know, it was all sort of, you know, pretty straight up and down, whereas occasionally you'll find that they'll, they'll be, you know, an in-joke or those sorts of things, which are, you know, maybe cross the, you know, would have been considered across the line. They're not. Yeah, that show was super family-friendly. Super family-friendly. Uh, so. So Malibu Country is the triumphant return of Reba McIntyre. Yeah. Lily Tomlin is somehow pulled into this mess. Um, yeah. I, let, let me be clear. I have not seen the show, but I don't really plan to. I just can't imagine any reason why I would want to watch it. So it's about a woman who uh, put her dream of being a country singer on hold in order to raise a family. Then her husband apparently cheated on her, and she starts over and she moves from you know from Nashville, Nashville to uh, it's a big year for Nashville on television. Uh, moves from Nashville to the West Coast, and, and hilarity ensues. The um, what's interesting to me about this show is that nothing. The well, what sort of what I've noticed in my family is that in the afternoons uh, on one of the channels, I can't remember what it is, they've been running uh, Reba's last sitcom show, creatively named Reba. Reba as I Did it have an exclamation point or anything? I don't think so. I don't think. Yeah, would just Reba? Question mark? Question mark. Which was a very successful sitcom. It ran six years. I never uh, saw an episode. Right, and did and did very well. This show, and I guess we're probably two, three years on from when Reba finished up, feels to me... Exact- if we had an intern, they could fact check that. Feel- <laughs> if you're interested. <laughs> um, no pay and poor treatment. <laughs> I promise not to let Antog, sh- Antog shank you in the shower. <laughs> the, um, uh, but this show to me feels like that same show, more or less. Reba 2.0. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know the family has cha- you know changed to protect the names of the innocent, but in general, the show is very similar, and it's the same sort of humor. Yeah, she's the same sort of person. So if you like the old show, you'll probably like this one. So if you're um, elderly, if you sundown on Friday nights and like to have something on in the I mean, background look, while you nod off, I, I think it's very. It's like Last Man Standing. It's very family viewing. So if you're looking for something on a Friday night that 
you can consume with your kids at the same time rather than either A, having something that your kids will watch which makes you want to hurl uh, like you would find on Nickelodeon and or Disney mm-hmm. or conversely something that gives your children nightmares that you like want to watch. Like Fringe, which I watch on Friday. <laughs> like Fringe. Um, then this is a pretty good sort of middle ground uh, if such a thing exists. So I enjoy Last Man Standing. I don't enjoy Malibu. I, you know, I saw the pilot episode for it. It's, you know, I, I, I didn't hate it, but it's certainly not one of those things that I would go, oh man, you have got to see Malibu Country. So good. Have a Malibu Country marathon on a snow day. Wow. I mean, we're only one episode in, so that would be a lot of repeats. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch that one over and over again. Act out <laughs> scenes you like. Talk about it as a family. Don't talk to me about snow days. The kids had a week off school last week because yeah, of the storm. Yeah, they're never getting a snow day. And they look like they'll cancel like their February break that they normally have and just make them work through to cover <laughs> to make up the week that they <laughs> have. Be in school in mid-July. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah, so I think if you're elderly. Maybe. If you are elderly. in the middle of the country. If you are trapped under something, Malibu mm. Country is for you. And don't want to gnaw your own arm off. <laughs> something to put... Something to drown out your screaming. Uh, so that's what that's Malibu Country. That's not a ring endorsement. So, um, but we wanted you to be aware of it, you know, because we really, we really try to bring you uh, the quality viewing that's yeah. out there. Well, and a lot of truth and journalism, like really relentless pursuit of the truth and full disclosure. It's, we have a you real, can handle the truth. <laughs> we have a real journalistic ethos here oh, at absolutely. the Overshare Podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, the truth is so important to us. Yeah, a lot of research. So, um, movies. Did you see any movies? Home or... I have seen nothing. You didn't even rewatch some kind of tween film? No. Oh, that is not true. I tell (laughs) a lie. That's so tragic, isn't it? Now that you've reminded me of it, I sat down and watched... Well, sat down and watched... By yourself? I was... No, no. This Uh, is what he tells us. My eldest daughter decided that she was going to sit down and watch all three of the... Twilight movies, and I, <laughs> I happen to be in the same room working at the same time as that. Were there happened. only three or were there four? There is to be a fourth. The fourth one is coming out now. Really? Yes. There are three I books. There feels like so many more. No, there are three books, okay. and the last book is in two parts. Okay. Because there's so much dialogue, so much backstory. <laughs> it really needed two films. I'm surprised they didn't take three. Right. In the Peter Jackson school of editing. <laughs> you know what people want is more. Let's not leave anything on the floor. Well, the extensive backstories of these characters. Oh, very. I mean... I enjoyed um, watching the trailer for Breaking Dawn Part 2 because people in the movie theater were laughing at it. The the moments of gravity weren't landing in that audience. Well, and the tragedy of it really is... I mean, what were you saying? Argo? Mm -hmm. Yeah, not really the same crowd. Surprising um, choice, right? (laughs) But the... I uh, will see them both, but I will actively mock one and enjoy the other. I understand. I mean, ironically, the trailer for the last movie looks the most interesting of all the movies. And what's really weird about it is that most people, like my eldest daughter Brie, is is exactly the same. Loved the books, has read the books repeatedly, like ad nauseum. Let's be clear, I did not read the books. And But she recognises that the movies are crap, but she still likes to watch them. So, it's like, and she is no fan of Kristen Stewart. Uh, oh, there's a movie I did see. Oh, no. Snow White and the Huntsman. How was that? It was actually not nearly as terrible as I thought it was going really? to be. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give it a ringing endorsement. <laughs> not but. as terrible as in variety. <laughs> Tim Hickson said, "Not as terrible as I thought it would be." I thought this was going to be a big steaming pile of crap, and it turned out to be okay. Adequate. Yeah. 
<laughs> fulfilling in its adequateness. Would you have been bummed out if you spent money on it? Ticket uh, money? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. I would have been mad at myself. For, <laughs> for having, poor judgment? For, for knowing how bad it was going to be. You know, for knowing that it was going to be at least this bad and having gone to see it anyway. Uh, Is it visually attractive? It seemed to be kind of interesting. Look, they've done a pretty good job with the with the visuals on it and those sort of things. And Kristen Stewart is actually not terrible in this movie. Is she asleep the whole time or unable? No, she's actually, you know, she emotes a little. Really? Yeah. She's, so she is sentient in it. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was hoping she was the Snow White where she's just asleep <laughs> she's all asleep time. for the entire movie. Because I was feeling like this um, could be her breakout role. Uh but, the, I mean, the thing about the Snow White story is you've got it all being very serious and you've got her, you know, the witch being, you know, very evil, the queen being, being very Charlie's evil. Being Theron. Yeah, and, you know, and all those sort of things. And then you introduce seven dwarves and you just, after that... Were they really dwarves? Oh, yes, they were. Huh. They didn't show the dwarves in the no, previous. No, they did not for exactly this reason. As soon as you see it, you just go, doesn't matter how serious they're being, they're dwarves. It's a comedy. <laughs> Where? Don't be sleepy. Yeah, it's just, you know, even though they kill one of the dwarves. Really? Yeah, well, that's how, that's just how cutthroat the whole thing gets. Um, it's getting real out there. <laughs> it's real. real. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say that. Uh, so Break I mean, off a bottle? <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised that they're looking to do a sequel. Really? More focus on him than on her. Okay, on the Huntsman? Yes. Not the dwarves, the Huntsman. Um, Saturday Night Live years ago, I think it was Saturday Night Live, did a sketch called And the Pips. And there's just those guys in the background, like, like you know, Glad- no Gladys Knight. It's like Snow White and the Huntsman. Just and the Huntsman. So another role for Hemsworth, but the... Um, uh, I can never tell those two apart. Or how many are there? Five? Really They're like Menudo. There's, there's like eight of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway... I wouldn't turn it off. So you did see I, that. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't have paid money to go and see it at the movies. I might see if it shows up. Since I'm paying money for Showtime and HBO, I might yeah, if it, see. Yeah, if it turns up, it's you know, you won't hate yourself at the end of it. Okay. Probably. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm withdrawing. Anyway, so you went and saw Argo. I did. So we talked about it last time. I was very interested in this movie, yes. and I enjoyed it. I have to say, so I'd give it about. I'm very strict it's hard to get a high score for me i give it about a six it was a very good movie it had great moments it it's an interesting story it's incredibly suspenseful like i know how it ended and i was freaking out during the movie like what's gonna happen are they gonna gonna get out how are they gonna get out so i think it's a really well done movie i thought um ben affleck just called he wants to know what he has to do to get more than a six (laughs) having just described his movie as awesome uh what's he gonna do i i think i was expecting it to be I had probably the problem is I had incredibly high expectations for it. I was fully prepared to just think this was the best movie I'd seen all year, and I thought it was very good. But yeah. it just you know, it do, it doesn't get it doesn't break up into the sevens and above for me. But it was really good. I highly recommend people see it. So um, what's sitting in the sevens and above stratosphere? Just to out think of interest. About that. I knew you were going to ask me that. It's difficult to think because I, I hardly. It's like in my book club, I never really like any of the books, and I really <laughs> you're a hater. Like it's fine. You're a hater. No, there are things that I love, and I and I love a lot of crap. Like you know, if if the podcast has shown us nothing, <laughs> taught us nothing, is that I have a lot of indefensible positions, and I really did like this. Yeah. Um, but and I loved some of the, some of the roles or some of the parts in it, especially um, Alan Arkin and um, I think it's Alan Arkin and John Goodman who yep. just run away with it in their scenes. But I think that's what the problem was, is it's doing 
two different things tonally. So you've got this kind of, isn't it funny? We're making a Hollywood, a fake Hollywood movie, and all of a sudden, like, these people might really get killed. Yeah. Should just go real. You know, so it's that, that uneven tension, and you kind of need that levity, but I think the pacing of it, because it was sort of one and then the other, um, you kind of wanted them maybe... I'm accustomed to where they use comedy, like on Breaking Bad, to intersperse and okay. lighten the mood, and this yeah. had all that just intensity to it. Got it. Uh, but it is a good movie. It's well. It's I think it's well directed. It's uh, visually interesting. Uh, what I did hear here that was a little disappointing is that they really fanned up the drama at the end of it. So it's yeah. really not. You know, they're portraying it as if it is. This is what really happened. It's like yeah. this is what really happened. Ish. Yeah. Uh, which I find disappointing. But there's some great performances. I think Ben Affleck is very serviceable in it. He's not. I, that sounds so bad. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be servicing Ben Affleck. Is <laughs> that the, I'm, I can't even say it. That I'm Matt Damon. The uh, did you see these? The Sarah Silverman, Jimmy Kimmel, back and forth. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm effing Matt Damon. <laughs> so Sarah Silverman was dating Jimmy Kimmel uh, years ago. He's now I think married. Uh, uh, but she went on a show and did a and showed a mock video that's called I'm effing Matt Damon and it's a song and uh, with Matt Damon in it and then he his retort to that was I'm effing Ben Affleck <laughs> and showed them together and both of these are available on the YouTubes on the YouTubes <laughs> and highly entertaining anyway so that was that was about three or four years ago my favorite video for a while uh, and it's, it's still in the probably the top ten along with the Tom Hanks Brad the Tom Hanks pageant pageant yeah, where Tom Hanks is supposed to be a, a toddler's and tiara's parent, which is one of the best things. And and Spawn, why I use the phrase, you look just like a Brad Stahl. That's what he does when he sees his daughter with her wig on. You look just like a Brad Stahl. Fantastic, fantastic. Anyway, we have digressed, as is our want. As is our want. So, movies in my top ten. Serious uh, movies in my top ten. It doesn't even need to be in your top ten. Just anything over a six. I'm just, I'm just... Serious movies like that. Uh they're out there. They're, they're they're happening. I've seen them. Pee-wee Herman. I loved Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That go. is a great movie. But I'm trying to think of a similar like this. Oh, you know what I loved was um, it had Russell Crowe in it and Ben Affleck. Oh, so here we go. I'm giving you Ben. Um, was it called Body of Proof? What was it? The one where um, Russell Crowe is a journalist and Ben Affleck is a senator. It's a remake of an English yeah, series. Yeah, Body of Proof or Three Days After? No, Three Days After. Three Days of the Condor? No, Three uh, Days After. Russ- so. Another Russell Crowe movie recently. Oh yeah, that was uh, where his where breaks his way. State of play. State of play. Completely wrong. Body of proof and body of evidence. Body of evidence is a TV show that is not good, and body of proof was a movie. That was a Russell Crowe movie. Oh, Meg there Ryan. Meg Ryan. I don't know. They all played together. Like it was. A blondish thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the state the of play, century. which is a remake of a British series, uh, like mini series. That film that had been Affleck, yeah. and I loved it. Loved. I gave that. I would give that like an eight, <gasps> eight point five. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that. And it wasn't. I just thought it was like a, a slow but intense character study. Really good. Yeah. And it was suspenseful, and I didn't see everything coming, which I really appreciate. Ben Affleck did not direct that, but he was. I thought excellent in that. There you and go. the always wonderful Helen Mirren was in it. Thumbs up. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. That's a dra- You know, a similarly like a suspenseful drama that I. So I do highly recommend Argo. Maybe, I mean, I think it is suffering from that, the, you know, such high expectations it was doomed to fail. Yep. Sometimes the best thing is to go in a movie and have no expectation at all. You can be only pleasantly surprised. Less information is often yeah. better. Wonder Boys was a movie that I went into having no um, understanding of the story at all, and I it's one of my favorite movies. Really? Yeah. I had no idea what it was about. Have you seen that? The Michael Douglas. I have not. Tobey Maguire. 
based on a Michael Chabon novel. No. Excellent, excellent film. Really? All right. Yes. I'll put it on so, my list. Anyway, I do recommend Argo. I also caught up with Rafe Fine's directorial debut called Coriolanus. So yep. I was taunted by Tim Hickson for having this sitting in my shelf for approximately six weeks. But the problem was, is I do, I watch, I listen slash watch a lot of TV, like laundry folding TV. Yeah. And I wanted to sit down and watch this because I do find with Shakespeare, if you don't kind of get your head in the game and focus, you, the language can be lost upon you. Yeah. So what he did was set, um, set Coriolanus, the story in, uh, which I think took place in Rome in Serbia, Bosnia, and that part of the world, in the Balkans, in modern day. And it's all about kind of warlords and, you know, um, coups and warlords and power. Um, and it, it's it's fascinating. It's beautifully filmed. It's beautifully acted. It's not easy to watch. It's not an easy story. It's a very painful story. Um, you know, it, it's a tra- it's not called a tragedy for nothing. <laughs> no, but I highly recommend it. I think he did beautiful work in that. I'm a huge Ray Fiennes fan, and I think sometimes... He hasn't always gotten that much to do and show his range, and I think you really see it in this. He is one of the best Shakespearean actors I've ever seen. I've seen him on Broadway playing, and I've seen him do, let's see, I've seen him on Broadway twice. I saw him in um, Hamlet, mm-hmm. and I saw him in Chekhov. I want to say a Chekhov play or an Ibsen play years ago. So he's wonderful on stage, and okay. the Coriolanus was a play he did on stage that yep. he is now later converted okay. to, to film. So highly, highly, highly recommend. I like some of his early Voldemort work. The nose, the nose work, <laughs> the noseless work. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was just you know abject. He, but actually, he brings a lot of subtlety to the. He was fantastic for was for somebody who had half his face removed. He was uh, in, did an amazing job. Well, we could do a top five acting with your face off. <laughs> mm. Carlo Esposito. John Carlo Esposito yeah, in yeah, uh, yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's acting with your face off. So Coriolanus, worth catching, but it is it is kind of a harrowing couple hours, and I would give that a seven. Okay. Oh, I think if I had to rate it, I'd say. You know, if you're looking for a light rom com, like Damian Lewis, you know, I think it's awful to to rate art. Somebody said <laughs> yes. the Emmys, but I'll take the award anyway. <laughs> so, so yes, so that's that's my watching. Fantastic. So it's the end of our current watching. We'll try and do a better job. We're really falling down on the job. We, we can't even out. say we had power out, which would be a good excuse. I saw Anonymous, actually, now that I think about it. Oh, that was the, did Shakespeare really write his yes. stuff or not? That was actually a really good movie. I hear the theory is just pants. Oh, I'm sure it's probably got no, ba- <laughs> no basis in reality whatsoever. But, uh, but as a movie, it was actually very good. So the idea is that the works of Shakespeare were not written by Shakespeare. Right, they were commissioned. Were... Right. And who, who directed this? Somebody bombastic. I actually can't remember. We will tell you. The, um, yeah, it's just an interesting sort of plot based around the fact that uh, Shakespeare was basically just a sort of scapegoat, somebody who they pinned the works on in order to try and not get in trouble for them, but at the same time wanted the works released. And you know, it's a sort of political thriller, if you like. Um, but I thought it was actually really well done. And it, 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 like Coriolanus, has Vanessa Redgrave in it. So there you go, a little mm-hmm. crossover. Uh, it was directed by Roland Emmerich. Oh, it was Roland. That's Bombastic, right? right? Well, it's it's such a strange non-Roland Emmerich movie from the person who bought you Day After Tomorrow 2012. <laughs> Does everybody blow up at the end? <laughs> Aliens come. That would be awesome. Independence Day Independence 2 is Day. coming. I did not know that. Apparently it has been announced. The year on IMDb is question mark, question mark. Really? But, is Will Smith no. going to be in it or no? What, otherwise you won't see it. Otherwise, oh, of course I'll see it if it's Roland Emmerich. Really, I love the day after tomorrow. I have to say, but I never it's one saw of my it. favorite disaster movies. Oh yeah, I love seeing. I mean, we almost saw New York actually destroyed. I love it like movie destroyed. I don't like it real destroyed. I love the fact that so many shots from his various movies turned up as uh, photos of fact 
uh, <laughs> when, the, when the hurricane came through, look, it's terrible, what's happening? It's like, ah, uh, yeah, pretty sure that's from Independence Day. <laughs> See that alien in the background? <laughs> he, he works in Midtown. Um, he, I never saw 2012 either, which I 2012, heard was nowhere near as good as... Um, as is that Amanda that P. John Cusack? It doesn't like matter. It was, yeah, it was Jane. It was John Cusack. I can't remember who she was, um, but it was faceless, tortured wife. Just, I mean, uh, having loved Independence Day. It was Day, Amanda so, Peet. Having loved. Uh, you know, I can't remember important things, but I <laughs> a good. Can't remember my own middle name. The um, uh, you know, having loved Day After Tomorrow and Independence Day, uh, and a, you know, a bunch of his movies so much. Um, 2012 was one of those movies where you just really wanted to love it. And I really like John Cusack. But the, all the elements, you just look at it and you just go, uh, meh. Yeah. Yes. 10,000 BC? You see that one? Terrible. Really? Sorry. Okay. So, you're, so is your top? What's your top? Oh, uh, Day After Tomorrow. Yeah, I got to say that too. Independence Day, I remember thinking it was amusing, but it's just like camp action film. Oh, yeah. It is. It is. And it would be nothing without Will Smith and uh, Jeff Goldblum in it. But... It's no The Rock. No, that's true. <laughs> or Con Air. I do love the rock. Put the bunny in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? What are you thinking, Hillbilly? What was I thinking? Oh, yeehaw. <laughs> that was another classic bad accent. <laughs> was the very southern accent given by Nicolas Cage in Con Air. I love that scene in The Rock where he's dropped the air conditioner on that dude and he's trying to defuse the bomb and his legs keep twitching over there and he turns to Sean Connor and goes, Is that normal? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> When I, do you remember he has that hairstylist who cuts his hair and then he's like, I just want to know if you like your hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's Anthony, someone who's a comedian. I can't think of his, his surname. But yeah, there are moments in those movies. You, you, again, it's like with all the intensity, you need the comic breaks. And there were a lot of those in Con Air. Uh, there was, uh, and I have to say, Steve Buscemi, one of the creepiest individuals known to man in that movie. Just like have we talked about this before? Really we may creepy. have. We, uh, we, we tilted at it very slightly on the way past because we were trying to f- figure out what was a good movie in this genre and you were trying yeah. to get me to rank movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These weird movies. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, so many good lines in that. There it is. The, okay. um, so uh, let's move on to talking about movies coming up. Yeah, across November. Yes, and we, we told you, we, we lied to you, we told, or no, we, we intended for this to be the <laughs> truth. Uh, Omar in, Sharif was in there? should be in politics. Omar Sharif was in 10,000 BC. It was terrible. Just, uh, but Omar Sharif? Yeah, I know. Was Powers Booth in there too? Is it my birthday? <laughs> he was inside one of the mammoths. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. He was doing some good acting inside <laughs> that. You could see the intent on the mammoth's face. It was really class, method, method like, mammoth like, work. Just like, like the mammoth had wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Director Scott. Okay, so yeah, we intended to talk to you about December, but we thought we would delay gratification slightly. Gratification being which maybe. Is, which is so unusual for us in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and assuming that there's still yeah. any gratification to be had whatsoever. Should there be an apology for last week? <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to, to apologize for last week. Still the last ten minutes of episode eleven are Tim's. <laughs> they're my favorite podcast moments. In our best of two thousand twelve, they're going to be <laughs> that's the only thing that's there. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, I'm sorry. The uh, the program rapidly unravels <laughs> into uh, uh, just <sighs> <laughs> like disinterest and hysteria. <laughs> 
We were both pretty tired at the time, it has to be said, but... And just an undercurrent, like, underlined kind of inappropriateness. <laughs> inappropriateness. We never really, really went there, but we kind of did, so... Kim said, at one point, did one or both of us walk away? <laughs> so disinterested in haggis tossing. <laughs> if they couldn't be bothered putting in a real haggis, why, why should we even commit to them? <laughs> <sighs> we Anyways. won't always be mean to people who ask us to comment on things, we but can't we can't guarantee. Either. Yeah, we can't guarantee. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it depends we'll, on what you send us. So we, anyway. We nope. can't promise we'll try, but we'll try to try. <laughs> we'll try to try. Uh, you can't say fair in that. So we will talk about December movies next time, but we wanted to round out November. So we've got a few things that we've already alluded to. Twilight yep. Breaking Dawn. That yep. is another thing that many people will see. Yep. So it's the... And you will be right there. Are you going to be like a midnight screening? <sighs> You know what? If Bree asked me to go to midnight screening, I'll go with her to a midnight screening. Father of the year, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks, it was nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, look, as I said, from the trailer, it's actually the first one that looks uh, like even, really? even partially interesting to me, just because there seems to be more action in it than than uh, than anything else. But in Every all... time that Wolfie one talks, I just fall out. <laughs> really? I can't. He never wears a shirt. Are you even watching his mouth and not his abs? He he does nothing to um, Crow Magnet the the heavy oh, forehead really? I can't yeah oh. he could come in with the abs and all Taylor Lautner that's his name and yeah nothing it's unlikely that it will happen but if he were to implore me to share my feminine wiles with him I don't think it would happen nothing now I would be team what's it the Moody Vampire <sighs> team Pat our Pats yeah yeah team Edward really yeah I don't like that. Brianna's the same. I don't yeah. understand it. Well, she's more artistic. I can see her liking the sort of moody, arty type. Mind you, I'm not sure that she would display the same amount of restraint that you would if Taylor, Lautner. If Taylor Lautner walked through the door. Well, God help me. I mean, that would make me a cougar, really, if yeah. I went for a Taylor Lautner, I think. That so. should be your worst problem. Yeah. If that green arrow came in here, it would be, it'd be a different story. <laughs> but I think, like all people playing teenagers on television, he probably is in his yeah, 30s. Yeah, he's about 45. Yeah, so he's more age-appropriate for me uh, than Taylor Lautner. Is that a quiver in your pocket? <laughs> yes, yes it is. Happy <laughs> to see me. So, Twilight Breaking Dawn is coming out on November 16th. And it will make truckloads of money, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, actually... It, it you'll laugh, be... you'll cry. You'll hurl. The, um... Uh, look... I saw, I saw the last one my Scottish friend in partway through. She goes, oh, dear. <laughs> she was so bored. <laughs> Audibly in the movie theater in, in Chelsea. The um, it, it's it's it, it's interesting to me. So this is the last of this um, particular family of, of movies, and uh, oh yeah. So what will fill this vampire void? Well, I mean, was, yeah, it's a good. I mean, vampires, good question. I mean, obviously we've got the Hunger Games coming through. Catching what's fire. been fascinating to me over this last week is that the film receipts of uh, box office receipts uh, and attendance over the last year has been down year on year which was down year on year for the year before that and uh, so even though the we num- talked about that in the summer but the trend has continued then right yeah. and so the so the but what's fascinating to me is that the studios are bemoaning the rise of television for part of the reason why the, the movie studios are losing money at the same time, the TV studios are blaming the internet for the rise in their, you know, increasing losses in, in their pockets. And I don't know who the internet blames, but, I mean, I, I guess they have to Dan point Quayle. a Dan Quayle. Dan <laughs> Quayle. Um, Jude Law. The, uh, I don't, it's just, 
It's really fascinating. What's his name who created the internet? Uh, some dude. No, who's the... Um... I broke the internet. The, um... But what's in... Al Gore. Al Gore. Remember Al Gore? <laughs> Remember Al Gore, folks? Um, the one so... who said stuff about the weather getting weird? Mm, mm-hmm. He might have been right. The, uh... That's an inconvenient truth. I mean, it, it's... It's really fascinating to me that the that the film studios are so. So who I mean, is to blame, Tim? Us. I think there's. A, I mean, there's a few things going on, obviously, but not the least of which is the fact that television quality and programming has improved. We talked about yeah. this before, right? So yeah, better so, things on TV. So there's than better movies. things on TVs than there were before. So you wiped out the bottom twenty percent of movies in terms of. Yeah. You know, just a sheer quality. I, if I sit at home and watch Breaking Bad, I will get a better show, right? Yeah. TVs are better. TVs are better. The sizes are something bigger. But the other thing is that in this intense desire to make sure that they are returning profits to their, you know, to their investors, they're making movies which are so dreadfully unimaginative. I mean, how many sequel percentage of sequel movies yeah. that have been released in this last twelve months? Never been higher. I mean, at least half of the movies that are being released are sequels. I mean, it's just an astonishing sort of thing. Of the big of the big studio movies, of, of, certainly of, of the tentpole movies. Yes, yeah, and, and and the non tentpole movies are being pushed aside for those movies. Oh so, yeah. So literally, what you're seeing coming out in in theaters is just a lot of really, really predictable stuff, and they wonder why those things continue to. You know, d- diminish returns for them, and so I mean, when those things hit, they hit really massively. But they're not trying imaginative stuff yeah. because they're too terrified to do so. And as long as that remains the truth, I mean, they have to reduce the cost of making movies. That's yeah. That's that's one of the fundamentals, right? You, because you can't keep spending a hundred and fifty yeah. million dollars on a movie if you can churn out an hour of television for two million dollars. And have it be awesome. Yeah. So there's a disconnect there that makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, I understand if it's a visual effects movie, but you know, a lot of things like salaries and those sort of things, they've all just got to they've just got to reel back into the realms of because it's not. I mean, it's it's if you spent twenty million dollars on a movie, it's much much simpler, obviously, for that movie to be profitable. Yeah. Then and. and than if you spent $300 million on it. You know, like the latest James Bond movie yeah. where you spent $200 million on it, plus advertising, P&A. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's a lot of sort of... You Which know, you are going to see, as am I. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully this weekend, God willing. Um, so, you know, it's... The movie industry is in a... Is in it's an broken. Inch. Yeah, it's broken. But the television... It's been broken, but then but the through the internet, is... there's better distribution of smaller you know, movies like that. I mean, to right, me, when you think about everything, money out of yeah. Those. But doesn't it seem astonishing to you that like the artist got made? I mean, it got made because it's French, but mm-hmm. uh, it got made and got the distribution it got. I mean, it wasn't a box office success, really, monetarily. I mean, it was because again, low. Pro- it was probably inexpensive to make. Yeah. Um, but it got picked up by by the Weinstein, and yep. that's how it, we all got to see it. But I think its uh, critical su- success didn't translate into box office. But the margin, the denominator, was low enough. Right, for yeah. it still to be a profitable... But it was also 
new or unusual and creative and yeah. different, you know, different. And it feels like there's so few of those things that can slip through. And that's okay. Slip out. It's okay for those movies to make less money as long as the turnaround for those films is relatively high so that you've got more of those smaller films coming through. So maybe they're not lasting eight weeks at the box office, yeah. but they're doing four weeks and they're doing four weeks of solid business and then heading off to DVD and online distribution or whatever. Um, you know, I think there's some long, hard soul-searching going on right now in the in the industry. Um, I just don't know whether or not they're actually looking at the right places or whether somebody's just sort of sitting quietly in a room and going, we need bigger sequels. Can we get more explosions? Well, I'm hearing really sad things like... Um Catherine Bigelow's uh, film Return, uh, Hot on the Hills of the Hot of the Hurt Locker, is yep. a movie called Zero Dark Thirty that has Jessica Chastain, she of every movie. Yep. Uh, and uh, like another one of those fantastic ensemble casts, lots of people whose faces you know. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. So it's about the people that hunted down uh, Osama bin Laden. Yep. And that was supposed to get a wide release in December, and it's now going to be a small theatrical release. Yeah. And so that's because the studio can't afford to really push this. So, that's, you know, it's widely thought that it's going to be a critical darling, um, but yeah. it's not going to get a big release anymore. You know, things have shifted, and they just can't afford to do it. And I think that's maybe Fox. Is it Fox? It may be Fox Searchlight. Fox I'm not Searchlight. sure who's behind it. Sounds like one of those. The, um, it, look, it becomes incredibly hard to make any kind of a wave. It's never been easier to get your film out there. It's never been harder to get it to be seen. That's that's the basic conundrum of where we are right now. So that, you know, you have four billion people or whatever it is at the end of the internet who, who you can reach potentially. Yeah. But actually getting those people to hear you amongst all the noise is, is crazy expensive. Uh, and so, I mean, that... that print and advertising budget ends up usually being more than the film is these days in order to try and make some noise, um, which is why you end up with all these sort of strange crossovers and cross-promotions and all those sorts of things, and action figures for things that should not have action figures. And um, But, yeah. you know... I, mean, I don't think there's going to be any action figures at ODAR 30. No, probably not. Sadly. Uh, the release date was actually pushed, so I don't know if it's going to break sooner, but it's the official nationwide release is January 11th now. Of yeah, next right. year, past Christmas. yeah, and part of it is there was a lot, there was a lot of concern about putting this movie out around uh, the election actually because you know they were saying is this it will be being viewed as a pro Obama yep yeah uh, and they were saying well it's actually not that it's uh, the military people who are actually in the process of looking for him so it's much more like a you know procedural looking at that yeah. than it is going you know a rah rah God bless America sort of take on it it, it features um, Kyle Chandler. Co- Friday Night Lights is Coach Taylor. Really? Yes. Just to, you know, give a little shout out to Friday Friday Night Lights. You have an unnatural obsession. I love that show. You're not the only one. What else is coming out in November? Uh, Anna Karenina. So this is Art House, and this is another big Oscar buzz movie. So this is Joe Wright who brought us Atonement. Uh, This is uh, Keira Knightley, as my friend Mindy says, who acts with her teeth. But people seem to (laughs) like it. So Carrie Washington acts with her upper lip. Keira Knightley acts with her teeth. Uh, but this is... You know, Put them all together and make a whole person. You really could. You could take um, Julia Roberts' lips. I won't have you separating Julia Roberts' lips from the rest of her body. Okay. I just won't have it. That, that mouth also is not to scale. <laughs> but it really works on her. Uh, anyway, so this has got Jude Law. It's got Kira Knightley. Um, Joe Wright directed her with great success in Atonement. And uh, it's just an interesting take on Anna Karenina. So... Um, 
they kind of play on the fact that society at that time was like being on a stage. So it's, um, there's a very kind of, um, sort of post, I would you say postmodern take on this. So they kind of, they play into the theatricality of that world yep. and they have it played as if her life was upon a stage and her yep. experience is upon a stage. So I think this, I think this will be beautiful. Uh, I think it will probably be quite effective. Um, so that's one to watch. I'm going to try and see that in the theater just because I feel like, you know, again, th- like throwing my cash at that kind of movie. Yeah. I'm not, I have to say, a Keira Knightley fan. Uh, what was, was it? What was the soccer you? movie that she was in? Ben, like, like Beckham. Beckham. I sort of liked her okay in that, but that was kind of... The, that was some time ago now. That was. She was a wee lass. Uh, so Anna Karenina... Didn't like her so, in any of the... Uh, what has she been... I forget what she's been doing. I'm trying to think of the massive movie franchise that she's in. Uh, oh, those Oh, those terrible, terrible uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean Pirates movies. of the Caribbean. I enjoyed the name? first one. Right. And then after that, when, when I'm in the middle of an action scene feeling dead bored, that's not a great sign. Mm-hmm. That, there was one in the second, third, 18th movie where they're fighting on a wheel. Yep. And it goes on for, honestly, honestly, 10 minutes too long. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the scene. It, terrible, terrible. Just yeah. way. It was like, you know, no one edited the movie. Like, yeah, it's all good. Just play show it. And then the last one just ended up being a Johnny, the Johnny Depp show. The Johnny Depp as, uh, what's Captain his name? Jack Sparrow. Yeah. But, but who is... Actually, oh, uh, Keith Richards. Keith Richards. <laughs> it's the Keith Richards bot biopic. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Kira Knightley. I could sort of take a look. I mean, I think she's fine. I actually really liked her. Um, they did. She did a treatment of Pride and Prejudice a few years ago that I yeah. quite enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, so I thought she was good in that. I, you know, she to me is, is something to be pl- deployed in small doses and spe- on. Not as special occasions, but from time to time. Yeah. I think she's a talented actress. She's just not for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that I will I will take a look at. I think it, it just seems like a really interesting treatment of a story that's an interesting story. So I think it's worth catching. And that is coming to you uh, in, in Life uh, of Pi? November 16th. Mm-hmm. Life of Pi. Ang Lee. Ang Lee. This looks like a fascinating movie to me. Well, and it's like virtually unfilmable, right? Here's a guy caught on a, in a rowboat with a tiger. Yeah. yeah. So you've got... There's the sum total of the movie. Basically, yeah. And, uh, Hilarity does not ensue. <laughs> does not ensue. <laughs> the, uh, I just... I'm intrigued to go and see it, A, because uh, I'm fascinated to know how that's even possible. Yeah. Well, a bunch of people tried to do this yeah. and gave up, right? There were a couple of big-name directors that tried, you know, flirted with uh, adapting this and gave up. Yeah. And Ang Lee, if Ang Lee can make a gay cowboy movie that works yeah. spectacularly well, and what else has he done? Just Crashing uh, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. You know, and that had huge appeal, and you wouldn't think that was a breakthrough of that kind of film in America. So he can kind of take stories that one would think wouldn't have uh, an inroad, you know, readily. And then he made a terrible version of the Hulk. I missed that, sadly. No, was that didn't. Edward Edward Norton's it. Hulk? Uh, no, or no, it's your guy. Eric Eric Tran- yeah, your guy. Your guy. <laughs> Team Aussie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I liked him in, in the uh, the Israeli movie, Eric Bana. Oh yes. Yes. See, there's another tense action movie, and that was was that Spielberg? I think it was Spielberg. That I thought was excellent. What was the name of that movie? Uh, we will get to it. Right you're supposed to remember these things off the top I know, of your head. I'm this sleeping. is why you're here. I have, I have like. Is this why I'm here? I have zero. Well, it's one of the reasons anyway. Um, like here in the world. <laughs> Eric Bana. That was what was that called? Munich. Munich. Yes, Munich was excellent. So I'm just. I keep trying to give you action movies that I, or action or suspenseful movies that I quite liked, and that is one. 
Yeah, Munich was fantastic. I really so, enjoyed yeah, it. Eric Bana was in The Hulk, The Angley Hulk. Yeah, it was You did not movie. like it. No, it was terrible. It was not a good movie at all. Really? There's yeah. no, you have nothing good to say about it. Daniel Craig was in Munich as well, right? Yes. Um, playing Seth Hifkin, as I recall. Sure and actually doing a really good South African accent, yeah. as I recall. Um, so many gifts, so many talents. So many talents. We love you. You can come and speak South African to me anytime. We um, were desperately this week trying to book hotels, and I was reaching out to someone I know who knows someone who works at the Pierre Hotel, and I said, you know, do you have anything at the Pierre? Like, we're desperate for rooms because we had all these people without power and no, no trains that couldn't get home. And uh, someone said, I've already turned away Mark Jacobs and Sofia Coppola and Russell Crowe. I'm like, if George Clooney needs a room... <laughs> I got one. So. <laughs> he can put his shoes under my bed. Yeah, sadly it did not pan out for me. Wow. So, oh, he comes there a lot. Like, Next time. I know. Let's hope for another disaster soon. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Um, yeah, Life of Pi, I, I think uh, the visuals that I've seen for it so far look stunning. Yeah. 3D too. It's him doing yeah. 3D. Uh, so I, I'm absolutely fascinated to see how this pans out for them. Uh, I just I mean the critics' reviews on it so far have been very positive. Um, but whether or not it ends up being one of those movies that is so obscure that you will like it and the rest of the world will hate it, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's... So that's coming out on the 21st. Anything else in November on your docket? Have you been doing your extensive research on no, the those are the, those are the things. I mean, uh, Life of Pi, I really want to see. Yeah. Um, Skyfall, we'll be going to see. Mm-hmm. Argo. Argo, I'm, I'm going to try and go and see. A Twilight, I'll almost certainly be forced to go yeah. and see. Uh, I think that's about it for November. Oh, Wreck It Ralph. Wreck It Ralph. Which we talked yeah. about last week. Wreck It. So, <laughs> the last thing I would say on my list is David O'Russell's Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, um, this has uh, the wonderful, uh, uh, she's a supporting role in this, but uh, Jackie Weaver, who is nominated, who's one yes. of yours. Again, yes, she's Mozzie, also Team Oz. Who was, uh, got a Best Supporting Actress nomination like two years ago for yep. Animal Kingdom, Animal a Kingdom. fantastic movie. Yep. Dark as the days long, but wonderful. So she's in it. She plays the wife of Robert De Niro. They are parents to Bradley Cooper, who um, catches his wife in an act of infidelity and has a nervous breakdown. He has parent and ends up living with his parents, who are massive Philadelphia Eagles football fans. And you know they just think everything can be solved by a good win for the team. And it's just about his life and sort of you know coming out of this really dark place. Yeah. Uh, but it's a black comedy. So David O. Russell, you know, did most recently The Fighter, won everything. Yeah. Uh, but he's done movies like I Heart Huckabees, like yeah. Spanking the Monkey, I believe was his. He nobody does sort of dysfunctional life as well as he does in yeah. my view. Like I mean, I Heart Huckabees I would say is one of those hated or love it. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Did you I've hate noticed, it? I've not, uh, not seen it. It's sort of I think a little bit like Buddhist philosophy in a movie, but it's okay. just fascinating. It's so it's so well done, great cast, more Jude Law as with Anna Karenina. So Silver Linings Playbook also has Jennifer Lawrence yep. of Hunger Games fame. Yes. Uh, and apparently they were really fantastic together, so she's his erstwhile love interest. So you got this kind of guy having a nervous breakdown, dealing with living with his parents as a grown man, uh, who then meets this widow, uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, and they decide to enter a dance competition together. This it's one of those, it's just so crazy it might work. Yeah, but right. there's really, really like good Jennifer buzz Lawrence. around this. Yeah, I like her. I think she's a good actress. She's got a lot of range. Yep. Um, so I would be interested in seeing this. Uh, so Anything else on your list for November? Those are the biggies for November. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smaller movies coming out, but nothing I, I'm feeling like I really want to fan up. 
Got it. That's it. The, uh, that's about all we've got time for this week. However, uh, I've got to do my way back machine. I'm not going to do that today because we just don't have time for it, but we'll come back to it. There has been some conversation of recent times around a television show out of Australia called Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. <laughs> some, and some talk here in this room. <laughs> And I know everybody's absolutely fascinated to hear about You're the cultural attaché to Australia. To Australia. Uh, to hear about shows that uh, you never saw here. Uh, it was big in Germany for a while, I really? believe. David Hasselhoff. Expo- yeah, expo- you know, and, and, and sort of... And so, I mean, it was... Is Skippy on... Uh, Skippy the Bush Kangaroo going to be available on Netflix? Or on the YouTube? Uh, I reckon you, you can certainly find some of it on YouTube. We will try to give you a little clip. Yeah. And uh, essentially, it is set around a... Um, uh, park ranger, national park ranger. This and, is one where you're allowed to hit images. And, yeah, this is okay. <laughs> um, and uh, and his son, his son is the sort of star of the show along with the kangaroo. And is this he, the Australian Lassie? It's it, that's exactly what it is. And so uh, instead of little Timmy being down the well, <laughs> somebody falls off the side of a cliff and uh, and into a barbecue. Well, attacked and, by a boomerang. But I mean, at least what you get out of Skippy is. A little more than barking. Usually, what happens is that uh, Sonny is the name of the that boy. That dog was a star. I know. I'm, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying. You hit rent in ten. I'm going to set it off in here. <laughs> he couldn't hop like Skip can. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and the Skippy in the later years with the beer, of course. With the Budweiser. <laughs> Throwing one back. Uh, you never drink a Budweiser, please. He's an Australian king. Fosters. Oh no, not even <laughs> Australian. <laughs> the um. Uh, you know, so, so, so <laughs> Sonny would be uh, just sort of wandering around the yard or whatever, and then Skip would come bouncing in, and he'd go, and Sonny would go, what's up, Skip? And he'd go, <laughs> and he'd go, what, little Timmy's down the well? Yeah, I'll follow you, Skip. And then, of course, he would follow Skippy, and Skippy would help, with these no opposable digits, would help, <laughs> would help uh, Sonny rescue uh, whoever it was. He Did he ever smack anybody down with his back, his strong back I legs? Th- I think there might have been the occasional back porridge, not too much, because okay. you don't want to, you know, don't want him to Scare come across as being too violent. Yeah. Uh, I believe across history there was about sixteen Skippies. Uh, you know, they're like high, Menudo. They're high maintenance. <laughs> exactly like Menudo. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was one of those sort of cultural iconic shows, I guess, when there were so many things like Lassie. And Rintin. I think Americans, we were cheated. We needed Skippy. Yeah, you definitely needed Skippy. I'll be surprised if he doesn't make a comeback in some some form or another. Um, but he's like, the, you know, same sort of premise as all these shows like the Dolphin One Flipper and Salty the Seal and, you know, just random animals. You know. Who is Salty the Seal? Have you not seen Salty? That's an American show. Is it? Oh, I kid you From not. when? Oh, same year as Flipper. Uh, Salty the Seal? Pretty sure. Never heard of it. Yeah, I might have been. These are all lies. Did he ever have a like a koala sound uh, sidekick? There was no koala sidekicks. Uh, there was no pouch action. Um, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of missed opportunities. Occasionally, obviously. they flew in a helicopter, which is pretty exciting. That was like a big budget effect for an Australian show at the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, Australian television shows—they were groundbreaking in some ways. That was not one of them. I've seen Salty the Seal. But there was a real the cartoon? show. cartoon? No, no, there was a real show. I have show. not seen the real show. There's definitely a real show. I was going to sing the song, but I'm not going to do that. It's a shame. I like it when you <laughs> The Hickson family is all singing. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, so, yeah, Skippy the Bush Kangaroo is an Australian te- uh, television series from the 60s. Yeah. Uh, 60s and 70s, I think. Really? Yeah. And, 
final episode where we're March 1970. They replayed that sucker for the next 15 years, I can yeah. assure you. They all seems so different Because that was well before my time. The, um... Uh, so this was formative for you in your childhood, Skippy? I guess so. What core values did you learn from the show? <laughs> I should never push my friend off a cliff. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, Skippy's very into sharing. So if you light up, you make sure you puff, puff, and you pass. <laughs> because otherwise, Skippy gets Aww, all... Oh, so kind. <laughs> you will not Bogart. It was... <laughs> <laughs> there were some formative Australian television shows on, and uh, it was interesting. is nudity. Not in this show, but in <laughs> another show called Number 96. Australia was one of the very first... Um, networks and countries to show full nudity in a uh, primetime television show. Are you sure? Above the Italians? I, I kid you not. Like people are just naked in morning shows in Italy. Well, I, I know, it's, it's mandatory. <laughs> in fact, they put their clothes on during the weather. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? Have you ever seen that? No. There's a couple of um, channels in the UK where essentially what happens is that the weather, uh, the lovely weather girl starts the show, starts the weather piece completely naked and then puts on clothes according to how the weather is going to be for the day. Is this Benny Hill? No, no, it's a, it's a real weather. Is he segment. chasing her woman? <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, formative Australian. We'll we'll, we'll uh, delve more into the archives of uh, random Australian television shows that seem. Well, like, yeah, help us broaden our horizons here. Yeah, and I can tell you about all the horrible Australian soaps that are responsible for a great number of the stars that you're currently seeing in uh, movies here. Most of them have been through terrible Australian soaps to get to where they are right now. The one I'm familiar with is Neighbours. Neighbours, yes. Express Kylie Minogue, right? Yes, amongst others. And uh, I think, I think, I'm trying to remember, I'm pretty sure a couple of the Hemsworth came through the uh came through the plural well, maybe it was the other one home and away i, I can't a gaggle that. of <laughs> and dork of hemsworth <laughs> <laughs> the uh so anyway the, enough of australian nonsense uh so next week we're going to talk about december movies we are you will so finally finally get to talk about less miserables yes and your way back machine so and my way back machine i'm going to talk about pinky in the brain there it is See, that's not that way back. All right, I'll go further back. Go further back. I feel like that needs to be in our segment about things you really should know about, or I don't know. Maybe it can be in your way back machine. Who am I to judge? It just doesn't seem that far away back. What do you mean? You little misjudgy pants. What are you, what are you talking about? You the my judge? whole thing. That's your shtick. <laughs> yeah. that, that, along with random trivia, is what I'm here for. Yeah, that's true. And also telling people how they can contact us if they should desire oh, to be yeah. slammed and slandered. God, I forget. Um... <laughs> You can reach us on uh, iTunes, search for the Overshare Podcast, all one word. Ignore that other evil Overshare Podcast. Yeah, it's crap. It's they will be destroyed. So <laughs> I live in a very Italian neighborhood, and there's a lot of you know guys who've been neighborhood a long time can get yeah. stuff done for you. So we will cut you. I don't think that podcast is going to be around that long. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, yeah, you can reach us at the Overshare Podcast at gmail.com. You can reach our Facebook page by searching on the Overshare Podcast. We are on the Twitter. Yes. Uh, at the Oversharers. Yes. Uh, you are also on the Twitter at TD uh, Hickson. And I am at BK Toddy. BK. Not Burger King Toddy, Brooklyn. Oh, is that um, what that stands for? Mm hmm. It was before Brooklyn became like such a brand, and now I would like to take it off, but it's too late. It's too late. You can't undo it. No, I use it for lots of things. It's how to find me. So There you go. Fantastic. Someday it'll be like vintage again, and it'll be fine. Oh, it'll be so old it's new again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Fantastic to see you. 
Always a pleasure. It's been wonderful to talk to you all. We shall see you next week. See you then. Thanks. Bye. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.